Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au On SEN, your home of sport. It's time on. Hello, everybody. Welcome. We're in a time on here at SEN HQ. It's Monday, March 1, the first day of autumn, and I'm your host, Sam Edmund. If you're in the car, in the train, on your way home from work, hope you had a cracking start to the week. And here's what you need to know in the world of sport on this Monday, March 1. Young Western Bulldogs gun Bailey Smith has revealed his battle with mental health and exclusive chat with uh, the AFL website will detail some of that interview shortly. SEN's own David King has no doubt that Ross Lyon will be back in the coach's box next year. Kingy joined Jared for the Monday means test earlier on this morning. And what about this uh, sad news out in Adelaide? The Crows confirming that their luckless speedster Wayne Miller will be sidelined for six to nine months after undergoing surgery to repair the patella tendon in his left knee. News just to hand as well in the world of the NRL. Fears that Brisbane, the Broncos, are set to pinch NRL supercoach Craig Bellamy as central to Melbourne Storm's legal stoush with their former chief executive, Dave Donaghy, as per documents tendered to the Supreme Court today in Victoria. The Storm have applied for an injunction that prevents Dave Donaghy from taking up his role with the NRL rivals, the Broncos, citing the fact that he has intimate knowledge of Craig Bellamy's contract details and uh, the Broncos have made no secret that they're out to secure the services of Craig Bellamy in the future. The worst fears have been confirmed for Collingwood's 2020 AFLW leading goal kicker Jordan Membry. Scans confirming she has ruptured her ACL in her left knee. The remainder when it comes to cricket of Australia's T20 series against New Zealand will be played behind closed doors in Wellington due to Auckland's COVID-19 outbreak. David Warner has been cleared to return from a groin injury in Thursday's Marsh Cup game against South Australia. Steve Smith still sidelined with an elbow injury and the golf. Rory McIlroy, Jason Day, countless others have led a tribute to the injured icon Tiger Woods by wearing, well, his trademark kit, if you like, on the final day of the WGC Workday Championship in Florida. A number of players wearing the red shirt, black pants for the final round there. And Tiger Woods uh, tweeting earlier on today, it is hard to explain how touching today was when I turned on the TV and saw all the red shirts. To every golfer and every fan, you are truly helping me get through this tough time. That's what you might have missed today. If you were a flat knacker at work, hope you've had a good day. Sam Edmund with you here for time on up until 7 o'clock Eastern time. If you want to take part in the show, you are more than welcome to right up until 7 o'clock. one 736 736 or the temper text 0433981116. You can catch us on the socials, as the kids say these days, at time on uh, forward slash sport capital SEN as well. The man on the mark rule, hasn't this been debated ad nauseum? But I can tell you how strict it is interpreted remains a fluid situation a little more than two weeks out from the round one games of the AFL season. Now, the AFL is committed to holding further talks on this rule and whether the players will actually be allowed, quote-unquote, minimal lateral movement, as, in fact, was initially forecast last year when this rule was announced. At the moment, as Fremantle's Brennan Cox will tell you, they're actually allowed no movement. The Dockers say they believe Cox was penalised 50 metres in that highly publicised piece of play against West Coast because Cox turned his back 
on the kicker. Now, we'll come back to that in a moment. But, in fact, he was penalised because he moved ever so slightly back off the mark he'd been instructed to stand on. The numbers. There were a tad more than 2,000 times a player man the mark in a stand situation over the nine practice matches last weekend. Now, of those 2,000-odd instances, only half a dozen resulted in 50-metre penalties. So you'd have to say on this small evidence that the players have adjusted mightily quickly to this new rule, notwithstanding the fact we're trying to get them to change a lifetime of habit when it comes to manning the mark. But the AFL knows that the small number of incidents are going to be discussed, they're going to be hotly debated, and they're probably quite often going to be ridiculed as well, which is what we're seeing at the moment when the manning of the mark rule is not a closed case. There's a chance the AFL could relax the stand rule, perhaps allowing very minimal movement, like that scene with Brennan Cox. Now, the league says the right decision was made with Cox, but they are cognizant of the question, as footy fans, as a spectacle, is this really what we want to see from the game? Now, the turning of the back. A few clubs last year got into this thing of jumping up and doing 360s in the air. I don't know if you noticed this last season. In an attempt, obviously, to put the kicker off in gaze, a number of clubs were doing this. Now, when it comes to this new rule, turning the back on the man on the mark was raised in club meetings with the league over the uh, pre-season. The AFL, from my understanding, didn't say this would be outlawed, but it was rather painted as a, we'd prefer the players don't do it. So Cox's penalty, as we say, came because he moved from his standing spot rather than turning his back. And players are permitted to jump up and down as well as long as they stay on the same stand spot. It must be said, I'm not sure the AFL is overly unhappy with the debate either. Fans are excited about the game going back and there's a renewed vigour and any publicity is good publicity, they would probably think. I, from my point of view, hope the AFL don't change the rule here. Not sure if you're of a like mind on this because... Although there'll be teething problems, there will be teething problems, and there'll be a few unsightly 50s, like the Brennan Cox one, maybe even a tad embarrassing as well. At least it's a black and white rule. Move, and it's 50 metres. And the players will adjust, I believe, by introducing some leniency into the rule in an attempt to avoid a repeat of the Cox 50 only introduces more grey. And isn't there enough grey in this game, which is becoming harder to umpire year upon year? You know, clubs had actually started to keep statistics on how aggressively their players man the mark. This was a stat. There was a stat for this in Clubland in recent years, how aggressively their team man the mark and their win-loss rate when they man the mark well as opposed to sloppily. Now, I'd argue if we're keeping stats on manning the mark, then that is everything that is wrong with our game. The game is about to open up like we haven't seen it for some time. Well, I reckon we're about to fall in love with it, and this rule change will be absolutely seismic. Club insiders say this is the real deal. This will be the biggest change to the game for a long time. Forget your goal squares. Forget your 666. This will be the biggest change to the game in a long time. And that five-year scoring decline, which in the last couple of years really did fall off the cliff, is about to get an upswing, I reckon. What do you think? one 736 The temper text is 433-98-1116 here on Time On. One other thing I wanted to raise with you right off the top is footy back is back with crowds in Victoria in three days' time. Three sleeps. First time since 51,000 of you watched the State of Origin bushfire relief game at, at Marvel Stadium, which was a year to the day yesterday, actually. So Carlton and St Kilda at Marvel this Thursday night. Collingwood... Richmond at the same venue Friday night, and that kicks off the five days of games. It's the club's one and only official preseason match, of course. But could you get tickets? 
because, ladies and gentlemen, we've had a pre-season ticketing bungle. Most of us are so desperate to see our teams live for the first time in a year. And you, understandably, rushed to purchase tickets this morning. Members were given, club members, a priority window to get in ahead of the general admission sector. But there were long waits Delays for many of you, which saw the priority window push back to 3 o'clock this afternoon. There's been reports of an issue with the AFL's email platform, associated barcode numbers. Are we rusty or what? The Ticketmaster website was very slow as well for a number of hours this afternoon. So I'm happy to play counsellor this evening if this has got you hot under the collar. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Some clubs, in fact many clubs, were forced to apologise to their members as the anger grew this afternoon. Carlton actually felt the need to tweet before one o'clock to say, in fact, that it's game against St Kilda had not sold out, contrary to the messages that members were getting. St Kilda tweeted, apologies to members who are having trouble booking tickets. It appears the influx of people on Ticketmaster's side is causing issues. Members have a priority window until three o'clock, so please keep trying while we look into this further. Richmond tweeted, keep trying, Tiger Army. Thanks for your patience. Tickets still seem to be available. The Western Bulldogs play Melbourne at Marvel Stadium on Monday, but the Dogs tweeted, due to a Ticketmaster issue, our scheduled member email for this morning's uh, Amy series was delayed. We will be emailing all members their barcodes as soon as the issue is resolved. We're as frustrated by this as you are. We apologise for any inconvenience. Boy, we know we've got 50% capacity at the moment. So the FOMO factor, the fear of missing out is high. And some of you may be fearful of getting locked out. So tensions are high for a lot of you, understandably. How did you find it this morning? Or more accurately, this afternoon? one three hundred seven three six seven three six. We talked about the Manning and the Mark rule earlier and just the potential I'm hearing that the AFL might relax it ever so slightly. Although I'm not sure that's a good thing. I might be in the minority. Let's go to Cheltenham where Michael wants to have his son. How you doing there, Mick? Yeah, good, sir. Yourself? I'm going well, mate. Welcome to Time On. Hey, listen, I was just wondering if you could explain to me what is the um, what is the purpose of this new um, man the mark rule? I mean, why can't you move laterally? It's all designed, Mick, to open the game right up. They want more movement. They want more spontaneity. They want the team in possession to be more aggressive with their movement. Take the corridor, take the 45-degree kick, basically open up the field of play and, and and I guess get a better balance between offence and defence at the moment. So if the guy that's got the ball, he moves uh, to that 45 like you're talking about or he, he, move, he basically takes a few steps to the side, he's essentially played on, right? He's played on once the umpire has called play on and the, the man on the mark cannot move a millimetre at the moment until the umpire has called play on. I know. So what's kind of weird about it is that the man on the mark is is handicapped in his movement while the the guy, you know, is protected by the umpire's indecision perhaps. If he's, if he's taken five seconds to make up his mind as to whether or not he's played on and he's legitimately played on, uh, the guy on the mark's got no chance, right? No, correct, Michael. In fact, there was an instance in the North Melbourne St Kilda practice game at Arden Street. Now, I didn't see this, but I've spoken to people who have. There was an instance where Robbie Tarrant had the ball for North Melbourne and Max King was on the mark. And Robbie Tarrant, and Max King had been told to stand, mind you. And Robbie Tarrant, this is clever, ran straight at Max King. And it wasn't called play on because he hadn't deviated off the line. And... Max King could do nothing but watch Robbie Tarrant get a head of steam up and then at the last second run around him and run off. So 
Max King couldn't do anything because there's a natural delay in, in saying a player's, uh, the umpire saying that the player's played on. So it's quite a bizarre incident. If that catches on, it's going to be relatively unsightly, I would have thought. Yeah, I think that I don't mind them trying to open up the game, but I think that sometimes things can get so finitely technical that, as you said, people have got to change the habits of a lifetime. Their instinct is to is to move to the side when the when the uh, the guy with the ball moves to the side. This is this is kind of in the same area I reckon as the uh, protected area, which is like there could be somebody nowhere near the the man that's got the ball. And there's a 50-metre penalty paid, and then there's a 100-metre penalty if the guy on the mark can't keep up or stay in front of him. Yeah, yeah, and that was one that was relaxed a little bit too, Michael, wasn't it? From It started like a furnace, and it was relaxed a little bit, but we get occasional spikes in it, in it don't we? I mean, I think this, speaking to people in clubland, they think this one, though, is going to have a, a far more profound effect on the game. Appreciate your call, Michael. Let's go to Wallen, where Sean's uh, been waiting patiently. How are you doing there, Shawnee? G'day, mate. How's it going? Hey, going well for a Monday. Yeah, I I watched um, the Collingwood versus Geelong game, and I think it's fantastic. Yeah, I saw I saw Pendlebury. He literally went diagonal, went straight past the man on the mark, and he hit a person forty metres out, straight on the chest. The elite ball users, one of them's going to win their Brownlow this year purely because of this rule. Um, if they get twenty touches, someone like Pendlebury, he's going to have about eighty-five, ninety percent accuracy. It's, I, I think it's great. I, I'm with you, Sean, I, and we might be in the minority, it would seem, but I think it's going to be great for the game as well because of the reason you just mentioned is that it's going to be an easier product to watch. It's going to be easier on the eye. But moreover, the best players will be able to do what they do best more often without being collared, uh, corralled, um, painted into a corner. We'll be able to see the best players do what they do best, and that is um, show off their magnificent offensive skills. I think we've lost that in the last few years, been on a on a steady decline that's only seemingly been picking up speed. Appreciate your call, Sean. Shannon's in Reservoir. What's on your mind, Shannon? Oh, just bringing up about the man on the mark rule, mate. I reckon we've all got to embrace it. It's been a long time since um, the ball's been, you know, flowing up and down the ground. We've had a lot of goals kicked in that. Instead of knocking um, it, I think we should really set sit back and enjoy it and, you know, goals getting kicked and maybe full forwards can kick their 60 or 70 goals and, and that again, like, there's too many people jumping up and down. I think it's the best thing that's ever happened, like, you know, years and years of defensive football and we're getting a little bit of um, offensive football, I think, you know, go for it. Let's just wait and see what happens. Who do you back for, Shannon? I'm Carlton, mate. I've been suffering for a long time, so I want to see Adam Sard run off that half-back flank. Adam Sar might be a contender for the Brownlow, the way this rule's playing out. You're going to see him rip off halfback. You're going to get it to the wing where Sam Walsh is going to get it, who's going to move it on very quickly where Harry Mackay's going to take the mark or it's going to hit the ground and Jack Martin's going to pick it up and kick a goal. He's going to be, hopefully, some real end-to-end football this year and uh, those coast-to-coast goals are what gets us up out of our seats. So hopefully we get some pretty wild and wonderful footy in, in 2021. Yep, and I think, though, for what it's worth, the poorer teams, you know, your North Melbourne, maybe Hawthorne this year as well, um, you know, the clubs that are going to be down the foot of the ladder are probably really going to struggle to stop the opposition from scoring here. And there's going to be some lamb to the slaughter moments, isn't there? But 
I think on the whole, it's going to be it's going to be a great rule, and it's going to improve the game. Um, off the temper text, thanks for the call, Shannon. Off the temper text, which you can uh, fire through on oh four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. As always, Michael's text in. Umpires will need to call play on faster so as not to disadvantage the players on the mark. Well, that that will be key. You're not wrong about that. Uh, why do we need to stop the man on the mark moving at all? If we just stopped them moving on the 45 and said they could only move laterally, wouldn't that do the same thing? Well, again, this gets into the grey areas of the game. That is the rule. It was, what would they call that? The north-south rule. They didn't allow them to curve when they crept around on the mark. It had to be a north-south direction, but they wanted to go a step further than that. Uh, Joe's text in, oh, sorry, I must really disagree with this man on the mark rule. This rule is worse than the nominating for the ruck rule. Let the game and coaches work it out. Dumb rule. Joe in Mooney Ponds. Go Tigers. Barry, come on. They keep introducing new rules to fix the unintended consequences of previous rule changes. Good on you, Barry. Appreciate the text. Uh, the 50-metre rule penalty is a joke. Time to get rid of it. Cheers from Nick. Arthur's in Eltham. I think we've got just enough time to get to Arthur, have we? Arthur, we've got to get to a break, but we'll squeeze you in there if you're quick, mate. Oh, yes, yeah, Sam. Yeah, hi. Um, just, I heard um, David King this morning. The issue I had with it was just that um, I think people are okay with the rule. It's just if you step one, one step left or right, that's where people are getting upset. It's, the, it's don't take it so literally. Yeah. Like one yep. step backwards or forwards, I just think it's ridiculous to give it 50 metres for that. Yeah, and Arthur, I appreciate what you're saying, and that's what's getting a lot of people up in arms at the moment. But as I said off the top, my understanding is the AFL, they haven't shut the book on this, okay? They're going to watch this weekend's uh, game in the Amy Community Series. They're going to use that data, and they're going to get together before round one to, I guess, finally determine whether they should allow minimal movement. But I would argue, again, we might not like some of these 50s, the Brett and Coxes of the world, but at least it's black and white in a very, very grey game when it comes to officiating. So, And the players will adjust. Don't worry. The players will adjust when the four points are on the line. I've got no doubt about that. But I appreciate what you're saying because that's what the AFL's wrestling with at the moment. Is that really what we want to see in a game? A player moving half a step and a 50-metre penalty costing a goal. So it's a debate. No doubt about that. Appreciate the call, Arthur. We're off and running here on Time On. Sam Edmund with you right up until 7 o'clock. Get in touch with us. 1-300-736-736. All the temper text, 0433-98-11-16. More on the day that was right after this. On SEN, your home of sport. Time on. Yes, indeed. Great to have your company on Time On as well. Sam Edmund with you. On a Monday night up until 7 o'clock, just some of your text still coming through on the man on the mark rule that we'll just tick off here. Wally from Blackburn South. We can't say the rule is successful after a few pracky games. Let's see this season. It's positive so far, but let's discuss after the season. Gee whiz, if we applied that logic to everything in the, the footy world, we'd just have to stay mute until round 23 or post-grad final. But uh, I appreciate what you're saying, Wally. Early, early days. Players will only need to move back three to five metres behind the mark to get a kick away at 45 degrees rather than go back 10 metres. That is true. Imagine if we got another Sam Mitchell. How much would Sam Mitchell love this rule? He'd just have to go back one metre and would wreak all sorts of havoc on the opposition with this rule in place. This rule will frustrate supporters and do nothing for the game. SEN has been brainwashed by the AFL. Good on you, Kraz. I appreciate your text. But speaking to some clubs this afternoon, they think it's going to have a profound impact on the way the game is played. Um, and that's just what they're seeing from their um, scrimmages and the practice matches over the weekend. Easy goals for all. That's the answer. Ha ha. Cheers, Nick. 
Mark from Sunbury just felt the need to text in on Hawthorne. The Hawks might finish in the bottom four, but we sat on everybody's head for so long. Good on you, Mark. Yeah, no, we haven't forgotten. Uh, Ken's in uh, Doncaster before we uh, move on. He wants to change the subject himself. How are you doing there, Ken? Yeah, I'm, I'm not very happy. They're doing rolling team selections because I'm a super coach and AFL fantasy user, and and I'm not going to be sure if they're going to be in the team. And I can't find it. Like Connor Downey is is debuting round Would he be playing round one? But how come they're they're doing a rolling team list? But we don't want we want team list to be held every Wednesday or Thursday. Ah, my heart bleeds for you, Kenny, and your super coach team. You're going to be on that super coach app all weekend long. No, my heart bleeds for you, Kenny. Uh, yeah, you're right though. The old Thursday selection has gone the way of the dodo bird. That won't be happening. It's. Uh, I guess, a legacy of our COVID year last year. Teams now only have to provide 24 hours notice for their team. So I'm not sure how Supercoach is working this year. I'm assuming it's coming into line with it all. So there'd be, as long as you're on the ball there, you've got your finger on the pulse, literally, then you'll be right, Kenny. I mean, at least there's less chance of having a, a team named on a Thursday for a, a Saturday game and having five late outs. You won't get that, though, will you? Um, so I think it'll all work out for the best for you. Not that I'm an avid follower of Supercoach these days, but I feel your pain, Kenny. I can hear it in your voice. Speaking of emerging from the COVID year, we know the AFL has laid out its 23-round season, normal quarter length, traditional format, even if we know there's, uh, unfortunately, a very real chance that there could be COVID-enforced change at some point. We're all fearful of hub life. We saw the fallout there professionally, personally, uh, for so many. And the effects of that are still being felt. And uh, Luke Beveridge, well, he did a a interview on the Western Bulldogs website with SEN's own and the club legend Bob Murphy this week that was uh, uh, made available today. And Luke Beveridge, the Western Bulldogs coach, entering his seventh season at the Kennel, did paint a pretty bleak picture of what it would look like if the competition was forced to go down the hub route again this year. I think the other side of it, though, is, you know, in life, we, we tend to start thinking about what our priorities are and, and I think if it were to happen again, I think a, a lot more people would probably start to um, walk away and, yeah. and branch off because there's, as much as we're passionate about this and, and you know, it, it is our livelihood as well, um, family, friends and, and how long you got on this earth yeah. is, uh, is important too. Yeah. And, uh, and I think, I think it, um, it, it might break the camel's back if we had to go through yeah. it again. Yeah, right. Completely understandable, isn't it? I don't think anyone would uh, would take an issue with that uh, opinion from the Western Bulldogs coach, Luke Beveridge. And I think, you know, goes without saying, we all hope we don't get to that. I don't think we will. I think we just, we know so much more now about COVID and, and I guess than we did this time last year, the, the fear of the unknown, how it was going to affect us, you know, having the, basically the entire competition in the hub. It's hard to see that being repeated. I knock on wood as I say that. At the moment, the WA border admittedly, not for the first time, is uh, the real watch this space in terms of the AFL fixture that's laid out. It is on thin ice. The WA government has stated it will need 28 days without community transmission in Victoria before it drops its border restrictions to Victoria. Mark McGowan, the WA Premier, said Victoria would reach uh, his government's target of 28 consecutive days without community spread on March 13. So that's five days before the scheduled AFL season opener, of course, between Richmond and Carlton at the MCG. So the league has Frio flowing to Victoria in round one to take on Melbourne and West Coast scheduled to play the Dogs in Melbourne in round two. So if there's any cases in Victoria between now and then, 
It would obviously mean that Fremantle couldn't fly back into Perth to host GWS in round two because the players would be forced into two weeks of quarantine, having visited Victoria. West Coast would then have an identical problem for its round three fixture. So talks are ongoing here, um, no doubt about that, between the league and the WA government, the league and West Coast and Fremantle about contingency plans and how it can proceed um, with this hanging over them. And they could, I guess, cycle the WA teams through Queensland to avoid the quarantining on their return, but then they wouldn't be able to play a Victorian team, obviously. So all the things that kept Travis Old uh, at the AFL up at night last year just uh, looming in the background on the eve of the 2021 season. So something to keep an eye on, that's for sure. And he's hoping we don't get any, uh, any more cases in this part of the world and uh, that border can finally be opened to WA. It'll make a massive difference. Hey, Luke Beveridge as well. He spoke about the glut of midfielders. Hasn't this been the topic of conversation at the Kennel throughout the off-season trade period, obviously, and into the pre-season? How his midfielders will need to adapt. And interestingly, just uh, before he did this, the power assistant coach, Brett Montgomery, I'm not sure if any of you caught this, he said at the weekend after the Power's big win over Adelaide that every power player has been challenged to learn a secondary role, quote-unquote, inside-out, to help with the longer season, the resumption of 20-minute quarters, and Luke Beveridge was speaking along similar lines when it came to his midfield group with Bob Murphy. Yeah, well, I think everyone's putting the, the midfield label on them because that's where they've, they've all played historically. But ultimately, I just think about the quality of player and uh, they're going to need to adapt because they, uh, they can't all play inside mid and uh, they're going to have to... Some of them will need to play a little bit on the wing and a little bit forward and maybe even at half-back at times and if we're going to fit them all in the team. And some of them might miss out uh, week to week. We're hoping, he, we're hoping that um, some of the other boys, Lockie McNeil's showing some, some real promise. Latham Vandermeer's, you know, really looking like he's going to establish himself as a, um, as a player that will be embed himself in the team. And we just brought Anthony Scott into the, our ranks, who, uh, who's a really consistent, uh, versatile player. So... Um, the pressure will be there for spots. There's no doubt about that, regardless of um, of their persuasion from a reputational point of view. Gee, it goes without saying that versatility has always been part of the uh, Luke Beveridge playbook, hasn't it? I mean, he's been playing midfielders in the ruck down the years, for heaven's sake. But, well, you know, the game has become so rigid and complicated from a positioning, defending, zone point of view for these players that we don't see as much of it anymore. But... Are we going to see a return of these multi-positional players more than ever? You know, the, the swingman that we used to see a fair bit of. You know, the Steve Silvani who would play full back and full forward. Terry Danaher did a lot of it. Adam Hunter in the strong West Coast teams of the early to mid-2000s. Are we going to see a little bit more of the swingman by virtue of the fact that list sizes have come down? We've got 20-minute quarters again. We're back to the 23-round grind plus finals. So it makes sense. Um, get another string to your bow and not just a dabble in it, but actually learn it inside and out. And uh, we might see some radical positional shifts um, to cope with it all in 2021. I'd like it if we did. It'd be great. Um, off the temper text before we take a break. No wonder the AFL don't listen to the fans on rule changes. It wouldn't matter what they did. There would be a bunch of people that don't like change and they whinge and moan about it. Uh, gee, it's going to be a great watch this space, this Manning and the Mark rule come uh, round one and uh, in the first few rounds. It's going to be incredible. We're into time on here at SEN headquarters. Uh, Sam Edmund with you. You can give us a buzz any time up until 7 o'clock. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. The temper text. You know it anyway, but it's 0433981116. You can catch us via the tweet as well, at Time On. We'll be back with more right after this.
on SEN, your home of sport. Time on. Hey, I've got to say, I love this text off the temper text. Breaking news, AFL hand Adelaide uh, footy club, massive advantage for 2021 season. The Crows to employ Crowbot stance on the mark and receive no 50-metre penalties for the year. Very good one, Brett. Like it. Uh, touch of comedy from you over there in uh, Adelaide. Uh, who can forget the power stance? That was unbelievable. Tom is in that part of the world as well, I might add. Tommy, what's happening? Yeah, you going, mate? Going well. Yeah, Sam. I know you know how what goes on going around the footy world and and just reading really my club Carlton right um, a couple of things right I'm just reading the had the magazine and the paper last week. Long about besides Patrick Cripps coming, there's, there's a lot of players in that team coming coming out of contract, so they're going to have a lot of decisions to do. Come, because I read Mackay is out of contract. He is. And a few others. Who are you worried about? So they got who, a lot of. Who are you worried about, Tom? Hey, no, no. Besides Patrick Cribbs, McKay too. Yep. There, there seems to be a lot of players that come going to be coming out of contract this year. You probably know a bit about more of that. Yeah, they're the two big ones. I think I'm not sure Mitch McGovern's status as well. Whether that was a three or four year deal, but he might be out as well. Um, Nick Newman might be another one. I think. Michael Gibbons as well. So, that, yeah, there are a few there. Mark Murphy's obviously year-to-year proposition. Uh, Levi Casbolt, the same, year-to-year proposition. So, uh, Jack Silvani, I'd need to check as well. I think he might be out of contract as well. But, I mean, otherwise, a lot of the spine of that side is locked in for a long period of time, though, Tom. Uh, Charlie Kernow admittedly can't get it on the park. He's got a, a couple of years to go. Jacob Wiedering signed until 2025. Jack Martin, 2024. Um, so there are a number of long-term contracts there, but yeah, you're right. There are a few. Sam Doherty's got a couple of years to go. Zach Williams obviously signed a massive deal. Zach Fisher's re-signed. Tom DeConing. Sam Walsh has got another year. So yeah, they've got a few to wrestle with, Tom, but you're not particularly worried that they're going to leave, are you? Um, I hope the mate Francis Paddy's going to... Paddy and McCall, my main two, they have to sign, but they're going to have to make finals to keep Paddy, I think. What do you think? No, I think he stays, Tom. I think he stays as the captain. Harry McCall will be interesting because he is due a pretty significant payday, I would have thought, if he keeps tracking the way we think he's tracking and he has uh, – this might be smart management. You know, you, you, you put off the, the signing on the dotted line until you're in absolutely peak form and you, you have the most currency. And, and Harry McCall's camp will be hoping that uh, that is certainly him in 2021. He's had a great preseason so, uh, and, and he's looking fit and firing. And they're going to need him to be because uh, – as I say, Charlie Kernow's, uh, you know, a fair way off it at the moment. They've got injuries to Mitch McGovern as well. So they need uh, Harry Mackay uh, up and about. Appreciate the call, Tom. Best of luck to, to you and your Blues for the season. Let's change tack uh, slightly. And uh, the coaching landscape is going to be so fascinating in 2021. This is another key watch this space for mine. Nathan Buckley's out of contract. He is under pressure. We know that. But... So is Simon Goodwin, even though he has a year to run on his. And Leon Cameron, ditto at GWS as well, given their uh, years last year. Um, they would be under pressure to perform as well. And um, it's going to be fascinating in the, the coaching fraternity, whether we get uh, a change or many changes to the uh, to the first 18, as they are uh, known in some circles. Well, David King, I mentioned him off the top. He was on the Monday means test this morning with Jared Waitley, and 
He is not a bashed fan of uh, Ross Lyon, the former St Kilda and Fremantle coach, who is obviously on the sidelines at the moment. Will Ross Lyon return to the game, return to senior coaching? Well, David King has no doubt is an absolute yes. It's a tough position for coaches to be in anyway, Jared, having to have success and having to having to improve your performance every year. And there's coaches, you don't have to – I think Jake Niles mentioned some today in the paper that are under pressure. They're all under pressure. But the pressure goes up another 10% when there's someone in the waiting ready to come back into coaching. I've got no doubt Ross will be coaching in 2022. No, no doubt. No doubt. He's had a couple of seasons off now, refreshed, re-energised, see the game from a different lens. Um, his understanding of how to work with people doesn't change. His knowledge of the game is clearly uh, top of the pack. Um, and he'll be heavily sought after. It's just a matter of what point. And we've seen what this does. When there's someone sitting on the sidelines, the rush to get first crack at that person, it, it becomes really strong. Yep. It was, was it the Michael Voss signature of half a dozen years ago, which, which forced Carlton to make a move? or for, forced well, Carlton went first and then yep. Essendon moved Kevin Sheedy. Yep. There you go. So that sort of, that sort of occurrence, I think, is right up 2021's alley. Now, there's going to be two or three clubs that may not be underperforming massively, but the, the expectation is so high. Carlton have to make finals. Melbourne have to make finals. Where, where does Nathan Buckley have to finish? And does he? Who knows whether he even wants to do it? So there's, there's those discussions will come. You know, everyone everyone wants to talk about Leon Cameron. I, I think the I think that the push for the Victorian based teams for Ross would suit the family side of things. He's moved people back. You know, he's moved the whole family back to Melbourne. So I'm not talking for Ross, but I'm just saying Ross just in the wings puts another element of pressure on these coaches that are already already in the cauldron. David King this morning with Jared Waitley. No doubt in his mind that uh, Ross Lyon will be back in the coach's box next year. But where? Well, he's going to be fascinating, isn't it? Uh, we mentioned those clubs earlier. GWS have watched this space. Uh, pressure at Melbourne. Pressure at Collingwood. What is Alistair Clarkson going to do going forward as well? Another year to run on the contract after this year. Sam Mitchell waiting in the wings as well. Does he stick around long-term and sign a new deal, Alistair Clarkson, at Hawthorne? Or does he seek um, fresh pastures, if you like? Does GWS appeal? He played for Melbourne. Does Melbourne, the Demons, hold any appeal? Who, um, Gee, they've got some personnel uh, things to deal with. Speaking to uh, Tom in South Australia about Carlton's contract, well, Clayton Oliver's out of contract uh, this year as well. Petraka has another year to run, but he would want to see some improvement at Melbourne as well. Do they re-sign going forward? And will that be dependent on how they go this season? And perhaps who's coaching in the long term or what assurances can be made there? Does that persuade them to potentially um, stick around as opposed to leaving? Bailey Smith, he's an absolute star at the kennel, isn't he? He's a, a super player. Hasn't missed a game in his two years in the big league, which made it surprising, didn't it, this morning to read on the AFL website that he had his own mental health demons that he was battling. Um, a few anxiety issues as well and the balance between life and football and and how it can all get on top of you. It's certainly uh, Bailey Smith not immune to any of those problems that so many of us face in our everyday life. And he opened up on his mental health battle with the AFL website and Damien Barrett. We've all got demons. Like, we've all got those things that, you know, either make us anxious or um, 
struggle and like I've got my own mental health stuff that I deal with which I'm sure lots of people do but um, it's just not spoken about as much as I'd like it. Um, I know we're getting better as a society and as, as footballers talking about it, people knew I had sort of um, mental health issues before I um, got drafted and stuff, um, which is something, yeah, that is okay and that I, I take my stride that, yeah, um, just makes me a lot better and makes me who I am. Bailey Smith there on the AFL website. Uh, Phil's just texting, no interest in Damien Hardwick? He's won three of the last four. No, I'm sure there'd be plenty of interest, uh, Phil, in Damien Hardwick. I'm just Most of us can't uh, fathom that he would leave for the reasons that you just mentioned. He's on a good, pretty good wicket there at Richmond at the moment. And the Tigers have confirmed that they are in early discussions uh, with Damien Hardwick about an extension. So he comes out of contract at the end of this year, of course. Um, both parties uh, now in talks, you would think. That would be an absolute formality. Um, Damien Hardwick, top of his game in the coaching stakes. He's got uh, a a team and a playing list that uh, look like they're going absolutely nowhere. So uh, hard to see him going anywhere. I'm sure that will be locked in in the first half of the year. Damien Hardwick signs a a long and lucrative extension at Punt Road. You're listening to Time On. Sam Edmund with you, sitting in for you today on a uh, Monday evening up until 7 o'clock. We need to take our... Final break for the show. When we come back, though, plenty more has happened in the world of sport on a Monday. We'll bring you up to speed with it all on the other side of this. Not too late to take part either, mind you. What's on your mind? one 736 736 You can flick us a text any time. 0433-98-1116 off the temper text. On SEM, your home of sport. Time on. Bit of don't stop believing. I don't mind that from you. Very nicely done. Hey, some breaking news as well. Essendon and Hawthorne due to meet in round one of the AFL season. It is scheduled to take place, of course, Saturday, March 20 at Marvel Stadium. Now, it's scheduled to take place at Marvel Stadium. I'll mention that because the Essendon Footy Club uh, have confirmed that they've inquired with the AFL to see if they will consider relocating that game to the MCG. So the two Victorian heavyweights looking to relocate that game to the MCG. Now, assuming, of course, that uh, our 50% capacity remains in place for round one, what's that at uh, Marvel? 20, 25,000, obviously. Um, so they're obviously going to be confident of getting more than that. So if they can get it to the MCG where they can hold a maximum of 50,000, which you'd think they would uh, probably get to for round one anyway, uh, a lot of interest and, gee whiz, haven't we starved of footy? So you'd think they would definitely reach the 50% capacity. They're looking to do that, the Bombers, as the home team to move that game to the MCG. So we'll wait uh, and see what the Bombers say when it comes to that. Some other breaking news from Richmond as well. They've uh, confirmed that they've got a rising star nominee, the first one ever. Ellie McKenzie uh, is the Round 5 AFLW Rising Star nominee. What was it? A big win over the to- uh, the Cats. 16 disposals, 5 marks and a goal. Just 18 years of age. And as I said, the first Tiger to be nominated for the Rising Star Award. So well done to Ellie McKenzie there. And just repeating that news, Essendon have approached the AFL to see if they will consider moving their Round 1 game against Hawthorne from Marvel Stadium uh, to the MCG on March the 20th. So I'll wait and see what happens there. Hey, uh, Luke Beveridge, you played some audio of him earlier in that uh, interview you did for the Dogs website with uh, the club legend Robert Murphy. 
One other part of the chat was uh, a part of the conversation centred on the number one pick, Jamara Eugle Hagen. Of course, the academy prospect. So much hype around him, isn't there, Jamara Eugle Hagen? But a fair way from performing or being able to perform consistently at AFL level in the minds of the dogs who have been really cautious on him throughout the uh, pre-season. And we might have to be patient until we see the uh, exciting forward prospect uh, for the reasons that Luke Beveridge outlined with Bob Murphy. Yeah, he seems to have settled in all right, Bobby. Like he, as you know, he's been here through the uh, NGA program and trained a little bit with us in the past. His challenge um, as a key forward type is he's going to be able to, you know, when he's conditioned to play at the level. Some of the um, the guys who have come quickly in those positions have had that, you know, really strong speed endurance base and yeah. um, you know run. Great times in time trials, and and uh, and Mara's not built that way. So we've got to build his engine up to compete with key defenders these days. We've got to set him up to succeed because he didn't play at all last year. Uh, he's got through a pre-season, you know, and, a, and he's pretty healthy. But he's you know he cramped in the third quarter in this game, just gone against Box Hill. So it just tells you how far off AFL yeah. footy is. That is the voice of uh, the Western Bulldogs coach, Luke Beveridge. It's going to be interesting to see how the draftees goes this year. Of course, the Victorian um, draftees couldn't play at all last year. So how much further behind the eight ball are they going to be? I mean, they're, they're, they've got development to do at the best of times. Admittedly, the under-18 system is an elite system, but they haven't been able to play at all. And they're coming into an AFL environment, particularly the key position players, just how far off they might be as opposed to their interstate counterparts. And when it comes to interstate counterparts, I see Riley Philthorpe, who was the number two pick in last year's draft. Now, admittedly, this was uh, in the reserves, if you like. It wasn't the top tier of uh, the practice match format between the Crows and the Power. But still, Albert Noval, he had them frothing over there. I think it was four goals, uh, laid off a couple of others as well. And um, he looked every bit the part, Riley Thulthorpe. So I think we're going to be seeing him um, very, very soon. In fact, I think Port Adelaide uh, great Kane Corns declared the Crows will be forced to play him in the senior side sooner rather than later. So Riley Thulthorpe, pretty impressive uh, at uh, Sandful level anyway when it comes to uh, his practice match form. So it'd be interesting to see how the Victorian kids go getting themselves up up to speed this year with no football last year. I see Channel 9 is reporting as well when it comes to the ticketing kerfuffle with uh, this week's um, official practice well, community series games, pre-season games, that 20,000 tickets have already been sold to those games. So uh, I don't think we're going to have any doubt that those games are going to uh, sell out in the not-too-distant future. What about this? Essendon can rack off. They chose to make Eddie had their home ground. Bad luck. Well, that's a pretty harsh assessment off the temper text, but they did. You're right. But uh, they also play some home games at the MCG and um, COVID is in place. So uh, 50% capacity at uh, Marvel, fair bit different to 50% at the MCG. So they're looking to potentially move that game uh, across town. So I reckon we'll get an answer from the uh, the AFL on that uh, sometime tomorrow. You're listening to Time On. Sam Edmund with you. Give us a call anytime. one three hundred seventy seven three six seven three six or the temper text 0433981116. I mentioned versatility earlier as well. Luke Beveridge has always been big on that. And I mentioned the powers um, philosophy this year that every uh, player has been uh, tasked with learning a new role. 
Well, that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Brett Montgomery talking about the Powers list versatility uh, post that big game, that big win against the Crows. Uh, so we'll see how that plays out at your club as well. Hey, don't go anywhere here at SEN because you've got a massive evening in store. Brett Phillips just getting warmed up in the back here. The Sporting Capital not too far away. He's got a bumper program. The first serve follows that, 8 till 9 o'clock as well. So don't go anywhere on SEN. You've been listening to Time On. We'll see you back here very shortly. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.